All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. It's Friday. Let's get into it with the lead. I am so out of juice creatively when it comes to what to say to start these shows. Is, oh my God. Is that why you asked me to come on? Because you don't know what to say today? Oh, if you don't know what to say, I definitely don't know what to say. No, no. If that was the case, we would have had you on yesterday. Yesterday's show was just nonsense. Yeah, that was a bit of a drag. We yeah. got into a lot. We're grinding. There was Oilers news yesterday. There was a trade and a signing and a that was, thing. That was like three days ago. Oh. I think that was Tuesday, wasn't it? Was it Tuesday? Uh, Tuesday or Wednesday. I'm still reeling from it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, I know. You you haven't stopped talking about the Jaden Grube era. Giddy up. Uh, welcome into Somewhat Oilers. my namesake. <laughs> sure. Your full name's not Jaden, though. Well, here's the, here's the issue I have. I am legitimately on my birth certificate named J. J-A-Y. J-A-Y. Mm-hmm. And there is a lot of people, Jadens, mainly Jasons, out there moonlighting as Jace. Hey, Gregor, think about this. <laughs> well, professionally, he goes by Jason Gregor. Yeah, but people do call him Jay. But mm. the, it's it. But he goes by Jason, so I respect Gregor. Ah, but it's the Jasons that go by Jay. Now everyone assumes my name is Jason. I, so I'll be in a social setting. Hi, I'm Jay. And thirty seconds down the road, so Jason, and I'm like. It's just Jay. I, yeah, I, I said it was Jay. Like, even if I was Jason, I would probably still be offended because I said it was Jay. Are you legally Liam? Uh, yeah, L I A M. Like, yeah, so on your passport, it's Liam, not what? William. It is Liam. Oh, is Liam short for William? I guess it is. It is. And when I was younger, I would. But Williams go by Bills. Yep. Or Will. Which is why I've always or called Williams. him Wild Bill on the show. <laughs> yeah. I actually pranked my friends for years and it's still ongoing. I tell people my name is William. And then one time my mom, like my one of my really good friends, his mom went out to my mom and was like, I had no idea Liam's name was William. I have, and she said, it's not. I have, <laughs> the whole bit. Yeah. <laughs> I have never connected Liam to William. So I was yeah. like, what's the long form of Liam? Like Liam Anthony? It's actually my, my dad's name is Anthony, so it's funny you said that. Yeah, Tony. We well, that makes sense. Yeah. It's kind of well, it's, it's yeah, there. but that makes just as much sense as William being shortened to Liam. Uh, yeah, but I I've come up in the world that if you're a William, your name's Bill, mm. which doesn't make sense. Lawrence, Larry, kind of makes sense. The Richard and Dick, Dick that one's always like, entertaining. Mm. I don't get it, but I'm I'm here but for it. But it's funny because it's Dick. Huh. <laughs> 
And he and Tyler <laughs> loves dick jokes. Yeah, well, that was a good dick joke. <laughs> uh, all right. Welcome into Oilers Nation every day. Hope you all enjoyed that little bit of conversation. All of real Summer life content. Summer content. Mm. Yeah. Uh, live from the Sports Closet Studio, as we always are. Three locations in the Edmonton area. And live on the Oilers Nation YouTube, where Rusty, the bring the NHL to Utah optimist, <laughs> was in. Oh, he's a Utah guy, he's isn't he? He's a Utah guy. Oh. Also, is Rusty short for Russell? Ah, oh, a Rustafa? Mm. Rustifer, yeah. <laughs> Rustiny. <laughs> Rustium. All right. He yeah, says uh, Ryan Smith, the owner of the Utah Jazz, was interviewed on 32 Thoughts. Great listen. He's a perfect candidate to bring the NHL to Utah. Ryan Smith? He's the guy who owns the Utah Jazz, yeah. I know why. Yeah. He made that much money playing in the NHL. <laughs> yep. Wow. It's because of that extra 100K he got when he walked away from the Oilers. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Rusty, I get it, man. I get your passion. I just, I wouldn't hold your breath. I don't think the NHL is expanding to 34 teams anytime soon. And if you, if owners would want it. Yeah, probably. Well, it's more teams to it. Yeah, I guess. I guess. Our question of the day, our Sherwood Ford giant question of the day is centered around Evan Bouchard. But first some talk about Sherwood Ford. Look at this cool little notification I got. The, the My Ford app tells it, me. It takes all the thinking out of it, Dude, which is the best. I got a notification that says, check your oil. You might need a change. If it was up to me mentally, my mental calendar and when to get my oil changed, my engine would be seized. And then you can click right here. App opens up and it fires me the link to schedule my oil change at Sherwood Ford. Forget about it. Now that is technology. That's the Sherwood Ford yeah. giant advantage. Well, they want your car to last, right? That's yep. it's also the love and care because yeah. they believe in the product and they'll support that. But mm-hmm. like, leave it to our devices. And like I said, shout out to Sherwood Ford the Giant. Our giant question today: Predict Evan Bouchard's next contract with the information we got from the Athletics. Daniel Nugent Bowman. He sent out a report in his latest over at the site that Evan Bouchard unlikely to accept anything more than a two-year deal. That's interesting. I think a lot of us would have probably been okay if the Oilers explored the idea of going five, six, seven, eight years with Evan Bouchard. I personally, when you consider his age and how quickly he's burning through his service time to use a baseball term, 23 years old, I actually thought like a five by five deal made a lot of sense in this situation. If you're Bouchard, you get 25 mil in your pocket. You're going to be a UFA at age 28 after playing with Connor McDavid for the next five years. You could be one of the premium defensive defensemen on the market. UFA at 28. But that tells you he thinks he's worth seven. Yeah. I, I maybe that's a maybe that's a good counterpoint. So and and I'm telling you, Oilers fans, if we're paying Bouchard seven million dollars, we're not gonna like him. Christopher Palmer says it's a Fred Van Vliet bet on yourself type of contract. And Alex says it's a bridge deal for sure. A lot of people, Tyler Mulek was throwing out the the idea of getting him to a cleft bomb. You're not, I think is what this tells you. I, yeah, you're not, not getting a seven or eight by five. You're clearly not even getting a five by five. I would be tempted you're to get a two by five. I don't think, I think if he's going two, you're not getting that much. He has no arb rights for this next season. So this next season's AAV can be his qualifying offer. You know, like he has no leg to stand on outside of signing an offer. But next year, yeah. But next year it'll go up. So what's the AAV on a two-year deal for Evan Bouchard look like, Liam? I probably would say around four and a half is what I think it would be for two years, right? You said? Yes. Yeah. Four and a half is my estimate. I think that's high. I don't think he's getting that. Do you think it goes? So would that be the peak for you? That would be the most you would go? Yeah, like to me, again, year one with the qualifying offer, no arb rights. He's a one and a half to two million dollar player. Year two, sure, you can make the case he's a four and a half million dollar player. I think we're looking at a two year deal for like 3.25 million. And it's like one and a half, five or whatever, like, like, yeah, those QOs up. Nurse got 3.2, his first bridge for two years. I think that's probably what you're looking at. Yeah, well, that was I think Nurse had years ago. I know, but I think Nurse had arm rights on his first bridge. Uh, No, it was after his entry level. Your first year after entry level. But he had that extra... I thought if you... The slide rule can mess with that. Maybe... Well, they both slid. Yeah, you're right, Cam. I'm I'm definitely mistaken. Uh, 3.25 is my prediction. Very rarely do I get one up on your own chuck, so I will celebrate the signed. That first bridge was signed in 2018. So, I mean, the cap... How much has it gone up since 2018? Those two summers, and then it was flat. 
Yeah. So we probably it's probably closer to four. So you're thinking like 3.75, two years, 3.75? Probably, I thought I said five initially, but yeah, I guess it's probably closer to four. So it's probably like two and a half, five and a half or whatever the math is yeah. there. Sorry, I got distracted. By if, if Bouchard's <laughs> only willing to sign a two-year deal, do you have a walkaway number? A number where he, if he comes and says, hey, I'm, I'm signing an offer sheet with Chicago for... Uh, Two years, six million bucks, six and a half million bucks. What's what does Edmonton get in return for that? I think it'll be a first, second, and a third or something. I'd have to check. Well, uh, what, I wouldn't do it. I would pay him if if they offer you something, then you just kind of figure it out on the fly. I feel like, unless it's like obviously outlandish, <sighs> but I mean, six million for a guy who's going to quarterback your power play next season, like it's kind of improving. Like most guys can can do it, but Evan Bouchard did it and did a very good job of it too. So. I I wouldn't allow him for walk for anything less than seven, probably. So the compensation for a six point four million dollar AV all the way up to an eight and a half is a first, a second, and a third. And then the compensation, if you go up to that next bracket, is two firsts, a second, and a third. Yeah, like I think it's an interesting case. I think it's a very it should be a very easy contract to make unless he really wants to make as much money as he can in this first year. And then we'll that's what do we have an for. Austin Matthews or do we have a Leon dry Yeah, I think that's so. We'll find out who guitar I, maniac that. guitar maniac says you don't walk away from a point per game defenseman. I'm a hundred percent in with you. And his prediction is two years, 3.4. Maybe that's a nice middle ground. Maybe I'm being a little that, bit too I, low. I, on my I, I'm happy with that. And I'm, you know, I'm, I'm yeah, I can be critical of Bush. Mm-hmm. I didn't think I was that high, but now the more I think about it, I thought the number was around four and a half that was speculated for him. To me, if I'm going to the fours, I want a third year from the guy. Yeah, that's true. And I that's just, again, from Bouchard's perspective, like if I was a player, I would want to hit unrestricted free agency as soon as possible. I would say, I don't care what I make as an RFA. If it's going to be decent money in Bouchard's case, it still would be on a five-year deal. I want to hit UFA status as soon as I can. So I can get one contract and maybe another one as a UFA. If I was a high-end player like Bouchard, to me, just like two-year bridge, two-year bridge. Okay, you're going to get what? Maybe 6.8 on this first bridge. Maybe the second bridge is 10, 16 mil. Then you're hitting unrestricted free agency. I think like a five by five, man. Like I would just love to see it, but we're clearly not according to DNB. Never say never. Yeah, never say never. Justin Bieber. Good quote. Good quote. Thought it'd bring some wisdom this Friday. Mm -hmm. Uh, Davin says, give him a contract and then subtract 10 K for every shin pad he hits during the season. I didn't think that was that big of a problem. Once he started, once he started getting the regular power play reps, yeah, he started, figure, I, I'll admit he was initially just yeah. only shin pads, but he's figuring it out for sure. Guitar maniacs with an interesting point. Evan Bouchard is repped by Jeff Jackson. Connor McDavid's agent might want to stay in his good books. Yeah, it's probably a guy you want Connor, to keep around. Fire his agent. Yep. Uh, the comparison I kept bringing up before was the Noah Dobson deal. That one was signed in 2022. So same cap situation. He is a very comparable player to Evan Bouchard. Is he? Offensive D-man, young, first round pedigree, all that. Three years, four mil. Would you do three years, four for Bouch? Yep. Oh, yeah, yeah. I would. Maybe that ends up being like if Bouchard's saying, hey, I'm not signing anything that's more than two years, but the Oilers say, hey, we'll give you your $4 million AAV. You've got to Toss us that third year because they have maybe a little bit of leverage because he doesn't have arb rights. Yeah, his so only way years, out. Of maybe it. they maybe they say, "Okay, it's three by four, or it's one by one." Like, you could actually be a prick this year and do that, unless he goes and signs an offer sheet. Unless he goes and signs an offer sheet, which would be a prick thing to do. Which would be a very prick thing to do. Uh, yeah, like it, even that. You think of that, the layout of that. If Bouchard was like, "Hey, I just signed an offer sheet." Two by six in Chicago. The Oilers are probably matching that. And you're going to walk back into a locker room with Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisettle to help them run the power play. And you're going to be the guy who was about to walk to Chicago for an extra couple mil. Yeah, it doesn't look good for him. And like long term wise, like I guess, I guess you'd get to play with Connor Bedard. How much fun that would be, right? But <laughs> why are we saying Chicago is an offer for you? Just because I'm thinking like Chicago has. They need, to do, they need to do something. Yeah. Yeah. So like if you can get young talent from a team, Chicago's in a what if they're the, what if they went out like eight by seven? I think you would and do it. Yeah, but then you're giving up like 
two firsts and all that stuff. And you're probably not doing that if you're Chicago. They probably ask that, Rich. But I know they need yeah. to build through the draft still for yeah. young Bedardi. I think with an office sheet, it'd probably be a long-term one, right? Like if someone I think it would be more like was, the Kotkaniemi one. What was that one year? I think it was a one-year offer sheet. It was. That was, it was a one-year offer sheet. Yeah. That one was a bit of a... A shot, right? Because they had the bonus that was like twenty one or twenty bucks or something yeah. like that. It was a one year six point one million dollar offer sheet. Interesting. I just feel like if a lower end team like Chicago is to do it, if they offered Boucher like a seven year deal or something that was like reasonable, then I think I'd benefit the Oilers way more yep. than Bouchard, to be honest. So let's talk about the cap crunch a little bit. Let's let's agree we'll meet somewhere in the middle. Two years, three and a half. Let's say that's the deal for Bouchard. That'd be great. The that's Oilers good GMing right there. If the cap, if it goes up one mil, they're projected to have about $6 million in cap space. If it goes up three mil, they'll be up to eight. Let's live in a nice world where it goes up to Stay eight positive. Mil. Eight million dollars in cap space. We're having a positive Friday. Global recession, but cap's going up. Yep. <laughs> Why not? So you sign Bouchard to his $3.5 million deal that takes you from eight down to $4.5 million left in cap space. You need to sign Costin, McLeod, Yanmark, and Ryan at the minimum, more or less. On top of that, you can't get those four done for that little money. No. Ryan, you can probably get close to the minimum, I think. Yeah, Yanmark is probably a mil again. Yeah, Mark. Uh, we owe we owe Clowder because yeah. he did us a solid. Do you owe him a little bit of... But he's probably, you probably have to bridge him, too. Yeah, okay. So let's say... But so you could probably bridge him at like 1.2. So you're down... To four and a half. And Clean's going to get one and a half. Yanmark and, and play more. Yanmark and Shore things. are a combined two. So now you're down to two and a half mil to sign Costin and McLeod. Well, it, you could do that. Wasn't That's it reported Costin wants 175? I've heard that. Yeah. We'll give him the second year. And McLeod probably wants 175 as well. So I think you need, I think you need three and a half million bucks. So you need to free up 1.5 million just to get everyone you want done. So that means moving that's on. That's no additions. That's no additions. So if you move out Kyler Yamamoto, yeah, you then have you're going to get everything you want done, and you're only going to have two point six million dollars to upgrade this roster. The reason I wanted to do this exercise and talk about the Bouchard thing with the news from DMB, DMB also reporting that it's more likely than not Cody Cece's coming back. Yeah, if you can find a taker for Yamamoto's full contract, you're only going to have two point six million dollars in all likelihood to improve this roster. What's your $2.6 million move? Is that oh, enough man. to get you Connor Brown? If you give him a four-year deal, is that enough to get you JVR on a two-year deal? Yeah, well, we need to like, we need to move CC to the second pair. You can't upgrade. You can't. Who's your Susie? Is that your D man for 2.6? You're just going to bring in another lefty. I don't know. You love Susie though. That's always I do. all roads lead to Susie. But if you're going to bring in a D man, you need to move out CC. Or no. Kulak. But we're not doing that. What else can we do? What else can we do? What other moves can we do? Creative GMs figure it out. Yeah, they do. Um, Brian says incentive laden Connor Brown offer would fit. I think it would. You give him a base of two mil. You say it's going to go up mm-hmm. to three if you score 25. And if you score 30, it's going to go up to four. And then we'll talk about an extension next year after you score 36 goals on Connor McDavid's wing. And we'll pay you good. <laughs> uh, Dave says, sounds like Bukestad isn't coming back. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I think he's outpriced himself. And like we just did the exercise. You can't afford all of them, right? I know. Whoever signs Buke's sad, it's going to be for too much. Yeah. Uh, dangerous way to ask if we're going to be an LTIR this year. No, we're not. The other thing to remember, Kyler Yamamoto is number one on Frank Saravalli's bio list. So if you have to buy out Yamamoto, which you might need to do just to bring everyone back, then you only have $2.2, $2.1 million to spend on free agents. Do you think this leads to a bigger question of somebody unexpected getting moved? That's what I want to talk about. Okay. Thank you. So let me rattle off the higher the forwards higher paid than Yamamoto. Fogel. McDavid, Dreisaitl, Hyman, Kane, Nuge. Like, could Dylan Holloway be this? this, No. Can Dylan Holloway be this upcoming year's Warren Fogel? Probably. Well, then. I kind of want to see out the Warren Fogel deal, though. I want to see contract. He, was, he finally started like showing up, and I believe, but like mm. it's, I feel like we can absorb the loss of Fogel, mm. provided it's used to bolster our blue line. So if you oh, see, but then if you're losing Fogel and Yamo, and just using that money to upgrade your blue line, 
keeping CC, I guess, in the process. Like it doesn't make sense to move out the two forwards and use the money on Mayfield. You can't subtract yeah. two from your forward and then add another log jam piece onto the blue line. That's that doesn't jive. Yeah, we gotta move defensemen. I think the answer is probably you leave the blue, and I can't believe I'm saying this. You're leaving the blue line the exact same and you're solving it at the deadline. Uh, this blue line's good enough to get you to the deadline. Definitely. Yeah, that's 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 fair. And that that's, is a fair assessment. And that's when you move CC and the first and a prospect, and you go get next year's at home at the deadline. Who is that? Who is next year's at home at the deadline? That is a tremendous question. Let's take a look at the upcoming UFAs. No, not for this summer. For next summer. Let's take a way tra- too early look. Yeah, okay. Yeah, because these are trade deadline. Yes. Yeah. Um, well, we got Ekholm with term, I think. Jesus. Yeah, yeah like Ekholm. And hey, remember, Nashville kept 4% of the contract. Doesn't that make you think? Uh, leaders in time on ice, here are your UFA D-men for next season. Or for two summers from now. Devin Taves, lefty. Brandon Montour, righty. Florida's good. Forsling, Hannafin. Anthony D'Angelo, Brett Pesci, he won't go anywhere. Brady Shea, TJ Brody in Toronto, might be a buyout candidate this well, year. Yeah, like, so what's his issue? How old is he? 34. Shoots uh, left, but plays the right side. Slow down, okay. Tyler Myers? No. No. If Calgary falls out of it, I like this option. Chris Tanev. Tanev, Tanev, Tanev. Tanev. Calgary would have to fall out of it. Again, though, maybe another reason why you wait. Tyson Berry? Bring him back. Well, then you can't have both Bush and Barry. You're right back to square one on the right side. Is Barry an upgrade on CC? Is Barry Nurse better than CC Nurse? Well, so there's some things to consider about CC. His first year of his deal with us, he was great. Great. Really good. Yeah. So maybe there was something underlying this season, right? Like, like if we can go back to that guy, which also why I want to put him in the second pair to kind of like settle him down a bit and just. Have him just be a solid kind of competent defender. Uh, how about this name? We love him. Dylan DeMello. That's one where I would. Go I to, don't mind that. He's yeah. steady Eddie. I'd almost be going Edward to win a Edward. Yeah, steady, steady Edward. Edward. Yeah. Yeah. I'd almost be going to them now to try to get uh, him. Right? Well, isn't yeah. he? Is he three mil modified? No trade. UFA at the end of the season. Of this season. Yeah. I do DeMello. I do DeMello and Harper. Right shot as well. Yeah, right shot plays the right side, 31 years old, averaged 19 minutes and 33 seconds a game last year. I'd do that. Yeah, that's uh, I think that's a really interesting name here. How about this? Right shot, right D. Maybe you don't want Barry. Maybe you want Justin Schultz. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work you really really want it all to work out while you're away monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind when all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync things just flow wherever you are tap the banner to go to monday.com i'm sandra and i'm just the professional your small business was looking for but you didn't hire me because you didn't use linkedin jobs linkedin has professionals you can't find anywhere else including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role like me in a given month over 70% of linkedin users don't visit other leading job sites so if you're not looking on linkedin you'll miss out on great candidates like sandra start hiring professionals like a professional post your free job on linkedin.com/people today hey it's ryan reynolds and i'm here with keith co-star of my upcoming film if only in theaters may 17th do you want to tell people the big news All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. We do- <laughs> we have no. Evan Bouchard. Like, what are ah. we talking about? Son of a gun. Okay. Um, <laughs> Colin Miller in Dallas is another one. So there are a few options, I think. But I think we can agree a lot of those options aren't shaking loose with the... Maybe DeMello is the exception. A lot of those options aren't shaking loose until next year's deadline. So I think it might make sense to just go and get forwards this offseason. Make sure your forward group is upgraded. And you'll, like you did this year, worry about the blue line at the deadline. 
Because, like, let's be honest, like, CeCe and Nurse, they were not good in the playoffs. But they played together all year, and you almost won the conference. Yeah, I, I think it's something we've said before, right? Like, those two can, can roll yeah. together. They'll be fine. Maybe. There you go. That is our Sherwood Ford giant offseason question. It started with, what does Evan Bouchard's next contract look like? And it somehow evolved into 2024 trade deadline targets. I even looked at the year after, too. So not this coming trade deadline, but next year's deadline. Yeah, because at home, Connor Brown was the uh, Connor Murphy was the only name I found that would intrigue. And okay, so don't, I don't would save love any, Connor Murphy. Yeah, but don't save any bullets for the 2024 deadline. Blow no. them at the 2023 <laughs> deadline. I think is the conclusion we've come to. Yes, sure, whatever. We're not only burning through our off-season topics quickly; we're burning through next season's <laughs> topics already. There's gonna be no no room for a show. Yeah. Next year. Yeah, no, the plan is to just keep running the summer episodes over and over <laughs> Kicking again. Kicking the can the year. down the road. Uh, there are some interesting storylines to watch heading into the offseason. And Frank Saravalli over at Daily Faceoff has a brand new trade targets board that is coming out. And there are some intriguing names. Liam, you'll like this. The guy who was the topic of yesterday's trade machine is in Frank's top five. Uh, How about that? The Mr. trade John. machine strikes again. Yeah. The trade machine's hot. It's on a heater. Uh, let's get into things with Frank Sarabali for Star Mechanical, Edmonton's number one plumbing and heating company. Frank Eric Carlson, number one on your list. Number two is a new guy, though. It's Connor Hellebuck. What are the chances the Jets are actually going to move this guy this summer? I'd say pretty significant. I can't give you an exact number north of 50-50, I think. I haven't really heard much in terms of tra- uh, re-signing talks or negotiations, and I think when you look at the Winnipeg Jets, as I called it on dailyfaceoff.com today, the summer of Chevy, this is really the big, the the Jets are going to be the center of the hockey universe. They're the big team to watch over the next month. It's not just Connor Hellebuck, who you see here at number two on the list. It's also Mark Scheifele at number four, Pierre-Luc Dubois down the list at number seven. And then keep going further down and you'll get to Blake Wheeler at number 19. So they have the best goaltender the best centers and a power forward in Blake Wheeler, whose best days are behind him and has a significant cap hit, but certainly could be a valuable piece to someone on the right side of their lineup. So there's a lot to unpack in Winnipeg. And I think Hellebuck's at the center of it all because I think he has the most value of the four relative to team impact. I think it's intriguing to watch what's going to happen in Winnipeg this summer and the approach they take with the returns they want. Cause I think it's a chance for them. You can set yourself up. If you're going through this retooling, rebuilding thing, are you going the way of San Jose and Anaheim where this thing's going to be painful and take five, six years? Are you going to be able to do like what LA did? Get some young talent, restock the cupboards quickly, keep your pieces like Ehlers and stuff. And maybe in two years, you're back to competing. Oh, wow. That's like to be able to rebuild them. Why? I think you can actually with this team because you've got Morrissey on the back end who exploded for a 70-plus point season as a defenseman. You have Kyle Connor, who is one of the pure goal scorers of his generation, and Nick Ehlers. If you can find a way to convince Pierre-Luc Dubois to stay, I think that's a game-changer because then you have another 70-point center um, that can anchor your team down the middle that is incredibly important. I wouldn't be shocked if the four players that I mentioned, all four of them are gone. And then they take the returns from those players and you divide it equally based on exactly what you're saying, Tyler. Some of the return for those four players goes towards the here and now to help this team. And some of them go towards the future. And you can kind of do both at the same time because I I don't care, you know, what franchise you're running. If you have Morrissey, Ehlers and Connor, you're not going to be bad enough to be, you know, in the 14, 15, 16 range in the Western Conference. You're just not. You won't be able to bottom out. So how do you support both of these functions at the same time? And I think the most important thing is to reconstitute what the Jets look like, reorganize their compass, um, get some of these old pieces out there that aren't old by calendar standards, but have been there a long time and have had many kicks at the can. Last year's press conference to end the season, uh, just a few weeks ago, 
with Rick Bonus being critical and them not competing. And then you had Blake Wheeler say what he said. Oh, the coach was, I wish he didn't say that publicly. It's like, you guys are telling on yourselves how soft you are that you can't handle that publicly. Hmm. Interesting stuff that's going to go down in uh, in Winnipeg. Potentially four big pieces on the move. That's, like, that's, think that, of, that's blowing it up. Yeah, but but they do have some depth there, which yeah. is kind of when you go through the Ehlers. P, uh, well, I'm, I'm going to throw Pionk in there. Uh, and uh, Connor. Yeah. Uh, let's move out of Winnipeg, but stay in Canada. What did you make of Brad Tree Living's opening press conference in Toronto? Did you get the vibes that this is a guy who's committed or is open to the idea of just running her back that's core four that's sheldon keith that's everybody baby i think he's open to just about anything i think he wants to get in and investigate and see what he can find out that trip to go visit with austin matthews in phoenix is going to be incredibly important for this maple leafs team moving forward how is that visit received do you remember the impact that that visit had with brad tree living flying on the team jet down to Montreal last summer to see Jonathan Huberto just days after acquiring him. Priority number one, get this guy re-signed. That's what priority number one is for the Leafs. They can do that as of July 1st, and their whole offseason hinges around Austin Matthews and what that contract uh, looks like moving forward. There are questions about the core four. My prediction is that Sheldon Keefe stays and all four of these guys stay, and I really should be renamed properly the core three because it, John Tavares, I know he had an 80-point season and his point per game. No one's taking that contract, not an authentic candidate to move. So is there going to be any shakeup? I don't, I don't foresee it because I think they've done the calculus. I'm sure Brad Tree Living in, in the week or 10 days that he had to think over this position is probably perusing a lot of rosters saying how if the mandate is to put a gun to our head and trade one of these three guys, how do we actually make the Maple Leafs next season better just based on forcing ourselves to move one of these players? And I think that's where the the calculation gets really difficult. Mm -hmm. Uh, Well, I guess the real question around all that is, is do you think Austin Matthews wants to stay in Toronto? I think he does. But I also think that he wants to be a precedent setter. Um, I think he wants to be paid appropriately. I would argue that he's already paid appropriately and that giving him a raise based off of what he currently makes at 11.6 is there's no case for it. Um, I know that the cap's going up, but he's coming off of a really average for him 40 goal season for someone that was paid 11.6 million bucks. And he always has sort of struck me, and I think this is going to be really curious for his overall view in the marketplace as someone that's been a little bit driven by money. Like, think about his path to this point, which I think a lot of people forget. He's the only draft-eligible player from the U.S. to go play in Switzerland and earn money in his draft year. And everyone comes from different circumstances and you're hungry for different reasons. Entry-level contract gets out of that and basically signs one of the richest deals ever that's a shorter-term deal for a player coming off of entry-level. That was a massive contract that, with the deal that Mitch Marner got, basically took the Leafs to the woodshed because now they have very little leverage. Austin Matthews holds the hammer here. And if he comes in and says, I want five years times 15 million bucks and I want to be the next record setter in the NHL, I think the Leafs are going to have a real decision on their hands. And, and, and that's my question. Uh, if, if Austin wants to go chase the bag uh, and that's what tree short for tree living yep. uh, air to the Boston pizza, air fortune. to the Boston pizza for Bradley tree, all uh, hail Bandera bread. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> if he wants to chase the bag and, tree kind of gets that sense like don't you not have to then move him before july 1st well i don't know if it's before july 1st but i think if that is the question you have well, to he's got a no move clause he's got well, a new move clause that kicks in you yeah you wouldn't want to give up that leverage but at the same time it's a really difficult spot to be boxed into if you're brad tree living that's your first order of business is trade mm. Uh, up until this season was 
you know, a guy that's like on a surefire first ballot Hall of Fame run of scoring goals like no one has seen in a really long time. But it's you know he's going to chase the bag. If you know he's going to chase the bag. So that's why I'm saying his actions and his ask are going to speak a lot louder than whatever words he says about, I intend to be in Toronto and I'd like to resign before the season starts and, and, and none of that really matters. All that matters is what is he asking for? Cause that's going to really tell you what he wants. And if that's what he wants, I don't know how the Leafs can pay it. Okay, enough with the Leafs, Jay. God. Well, it, it's an interesting, it's a very interesting <laughs> circumstance that they're in, right? Yeah. And I'm a big yeah. Boston pizza guy. I know, I know, I know. So Boston it's, just, it's something to unpack. So it's like, it, you know, it, yeah. he bent them over royally on the five-year deal. Yes. And has put them in this situation. What's not to indicate he's going to go and do it again? Yeah, he wants to stay in Toronto for $15 million a year. Right. Like that's like, there's no, I, I don't, I don't get the sense that there's no home now, now yeah. hometown discount in, within Austin Matthews uh, next mm-hmm. contract. I feel, I think he wants to be like the highest paid player in NHL history. It's kind of what he's chasing. Yeah, Nathan McKinnon signed for a hundred K more than Connor McDavid. Makes, right? Yeah. But it's Nathan McKinnon. That's not and Austin different. Matthews. They're not the same player. Yeah. And it was different. Yeah. It's well, it's different because, and look at the contract. I know he's a winger, but David Pasternak on a long-term deal just signed for 400000 per year less than what Austin Matthews is currently being paid. Compare their stats. Austin Matthews has only scored 19 more goals than, than David Pasternak over the last number of years. And... He didn't have that second contract. Nathan McKinnon, while the Avs were winning a Stanley Cup, was at $6.3 million bucks. They didn't get the bag in the second deal. So to think that you're going to hammer it on the second one and then blow the team's brains out on the third one, I just, I personally don't see it. And I, at least if that was what was presented to me, I would say it was unbelievable having you here. You are quite a talent, but... I'm not going to to you know subterfuge our chance to win uh, and sink that based on your want for money. Well, now let's play a fun game. Sorry, Tyler. I know this is Oilers Nation every day, but this is summer content. I think this is very interesting. Okay. So Tree Living now gets a sense that Austin's number is 15. So he's now making the decision to move him before July 1st, or it doesn't matter that they decides to move him. Who do you think is a team? Like, like what's a circumstance and what does a trade for Austin Matthews look like? Oh, so, I have no idea. You're asking me questions. I think like, it's, it's massive. That's why it's so fascinating. Like what is a trade? Like, it's, yeah. it's bigger than the Jack Eichel trade. Yes. Oh, so, like, it's what def- is it? It's like, and what bigger, type of right? team would do it? Well, more to the point, where does Austin Matthews, who will have some level of control, as you're you're pointing out, not just through the no move, but just by his ability to signal that he doesn't, even if he gets traded somewhere that he doesn't want to be, all he has to do is signal to them in the process of the trade going down, I won't resign with you. Yeah. He, he has a ton of control. Power. So where is that? Everyone yeah. says, well, is it LA? Is it Vegas? Is it Arizona? Is it New York? Like. Pick a big, like, he certainly seems to be someone personality-wise who is really suited playing in a big city with lots of different then, things that he can get into. Then let's say it's L.A. Oh. Biebs lives in L.A. What does L.A. have to give up to give Austin Matthews? What? Okay. This is interesting. I see. I So someone asked me about this the other day, and I just said, like, I – I can't even really begin to formulate a trade because I don't know how you can find one that makes any sense for the Leafs. And this brings us back to the entire core four conversation, which is you can map out the trade, but there's a real fine line between what helps the Maple Leafs right now and then also that same team that's making the trade asking themselves, are we damaging our team beyond repair just to make something like this happen. Yeah. See, it's fascinating. I'm can't wait. I'm so excited. 
Sorry, I know you're not DFO Tyler right now, and I'm trying to have a league-wide conversation with you're, NHL you've insider asked six Frank about the Leafs. The chat is lighting you up, bro. Oh, I, I have an Oilers question. There we go, if Liam. If you're ready, Frank. So we were you're just welcome, talking chat. about the cap, and the, obviously the Oilers have to sign Bouchard. Is there? Do you think there's something that could happen this summer that Oilers fans just aren't expecting in the terms of like somebody leaving this team? outside of like Yamo or CC or Fogo? Not really. That's kind of the thing is the Oilers seem pretty locked in. Um, is there something else that, that kind of comes along their plate that they can't say no to? I mean, I think you always have to allow for that type of possibility. Like I don't see a big change or any change really coming in net given where the Oilers are locked in contractually. Um, CC is kind of like the wild card. And I, I don't, I don't have him on my board yet because I don't have any confirmation that he's actually authentically in play. So that's kind of the thing is who else would be from this group that you say, Oh, that guy, he really makes sense to move. Um, doesn't seem like obviously Hyman's not going anywhere. Kane's not going anywhere. You know, you might think, and I did see some speculation about this, which was misplaced the other day. What about RNH coming off of a 104-point season? His value is never going to be higher. If you're the Oilers, you're saying, I don't care if you get 104 points. Give me 80. 80 at 5.125 is an absolute bargoon. So like, those are the types of things that I think they're sitting here looking at going, well, who, who would we really possibly be moving from this group that makes any sense? Mm-hmm. Frank, I know you're a big fan of the AMA travel trade machine. So I want first, I, I want you to help us with a problem we had with the machine yesterday, which was trying to figure out the value of John Gibson in Anaheim. He's on your trade targets board in the top 10. I look at his numbers and I go, he's below average almost, but I know that team has been junk for however long. I know Mike McKenna's not a big fan of his game. He's got a hefty, hefty contract on him. What what are the Ducks looking at getting back if Gibson does indeed get moved? That's a $6.4 million question. I mean, <laughs> it's really his cap. It's not just the cap hit. It's also the term at four more years that's mm-hmm. really problematic. And he's also coming off of statistically the worst season of his career. Funny enough, at eight ninety nine. That was exactly the league average save percentage this past season. So it was his worst year. His career average is 9-12. That you would think that on a better team, one that actually has more than two bona fide NHL defensemen as the Anaheim Ducks were dressing this season, he'd be way better. But we were talking about this on Daily Faceoff Live today. Mike, Mike McKenna was saying he doesn't love the technical aspect of John Gibson's game, yet everyone sort of universally in front offices are like, oh yeah, that John Gibson, he's really good. He'd be great if you could get him outside of Anaheim. My question is, if you look at some of the teams that are ready to compete, whether it, I doubt it's LA because they're right up the road from Anaheim, but if it's New Jersey or Pittsburgh where he's from, or if it's uh, Carolina who has two unrestricted free agent goalies, like, Pick a team that's in sort of contender mode. Toronto is going to need a goalie. Um, they like a lot of teams could use John Gibson. Are they willing to pay the price? Like Anaheim was looking for multiple futures when we were talking about John Gibson a year ago, and people were like, five years left at six four, and you want this, this, and this. Like, dream on. Will they change their ask? And my bigger question is. Are the Ducks willing to shave down Gibson's number to somewhere around five million bucks a year, which I think at four years would be pretty palatable for a guy that's still sub thirty in terms of age? Mm-hmm. All right. Well, then we're going to wrap this up by playing a little trade machine, and the deal is centered around the guy who's debuting at number two on your list, Connor Hellebuck. And the caveat here: it's a fully extended Connor Hellebuck. Like your AB's grabbing it. A fully extended Connor Hellebuck. Club, plug your ears, Oilers fans, to the LA Kings, Frank. Ooh. And the return of first in 2024, Alex Turcott and Peterson to make the money work. 
Who I can't decide no? on this. Yeah, like I, I'm honestly really torn on who would say no. Like it seems like like Turcotte no. is. So you don't think it's enough, hey? Well, that Peterson ask is really big. Like, you're. Yeah, I don't think fair, you're right? properly accounting in here for how bad that Peterson contract is because right now the Kings are forced if they're burying him in the minors again to have a three point nine million dollar cap charge for each of the next two years. If they mm-hmm. buy him out, it's just as bad. So that's not an option. And like Turcotte's good, but I don't think he's looked at sort of as the top Kings prospect, so to speak. So you'd probably have to beef that up a bit. Like you'd almost have to parse it into two separate deals and smash it into one. You know, think about how the Kings did their deal uh, for Gavrikov. It was like the first round pick uh for Gavrikov and then the third round pick for Corpusalo. So in this case you'd say, okay, what's it going to cost for Peterson alone just to get him off of our books? It's it can't just be a, a throw-in. Then what's it going to cost just for Hellebuck? And how do we then marry those two things and create a total package? Goalie values are just always so weird, right? And like this one's different the- though. Because he's just a bona fide stud. Like it's not there's he doesn't Whatever have dips in his in his in his yeah. numbers. Like last year was a down year for Hellebuck, and he was at nine ten. You know how many teams would kill for a nine ten? And he's a workhorse. He's rarely if ever injured, and he's been a Vezina finalist three out of the last six years. This one, I think, is a, is a trade of significant value. Uh, Tyler Mulek in the chat wanted to know your thoughts on if the Edmonton Riverhawks can make the playoffs this season, but we'll save that. I know you have takes on it, um, but Aaron, I just want to know if, is, is Tyler Uremchuk going to be the Edmonton Riverhawks official scorer? I do. We talked about that last week. I was going to say if Frank comes up to Edmonton this summer, Aaron, could we arrange Frank Saravalli first pitch at a Riverhawks game? I could do that 100%. Yeah, you're the Frank, man. With come. The I would be down. doing a home run derby at a game, Frank, August 3rd. Yeah, me versus Jay. You guys, you, you know how to get me there. Yeah. All right. Thanks for hopping on today, Frank. See you guys. There you go. Frank Servali for Star Mechanical. Find out more about Edmonton's number one plumbing and heating company by visiting them at starmechanical.ca. Okay. okay. So I get... Holy shit, if I you get, talk I, about Matthews, bro. I get chewed out <laughs> for wanting to talk about the Matthews situation. And then you praise Liam... For asking an Oilers question, yep, and you come buddy. over the top asking about John Gibson. Yeah, the one talked yeah. almost as long as I did about Matthews. Mm. Almost. What? <laughs> Check the tape. So I found I that I yep. found that interesting. It's just an observation. Yeah. That's all. Yeah. No, it was for the tra- trade machine. Yeah, it was for the trade machine. I was trade doing a bit. Brought to you by AMA Travel, amatravel.ca slash dreams. Plenty of ways to save on your vacation with AMA Travel. You did it for your trip. Where are you going? You're going on a fishing trip, right? I'm going to the island, man. Yeah. I'm going to be an island boy. <laughs> island boy. Um, Thank you. Thanks oh, to AMA no. Travel. Yeah, sure. uh, I'll tell you where AMA Travel is huge. The car rental. Really? Because we are a crew of six in a car and get, trying to get anything north of a five person car was a pain. Yeah. Going AMA, boom, found it. And actually, it was the best price I could find online. There you go. Thank you, AMA. Shout out to AMA Travel. Uh, what did you guys make of the AMA Travel trade machine? I guess he, Frank made a good point. Like just throwing in Hellebuck, probably, or throwing in Peterson, you need to add value for that. So maybe it's a yeah. second first, two first, Turcotte and Peterson. Yeah, first and second. Or maybe a, maybe an upgrade, uh, Turcotte to Kaliev. I, I don't think Turcotte's that good. Kaliev really? is just, uh, yeah. he's like another Patrick Line ish type, except for like ish. Yeah. There's a heavy emphasis. The shot is heavy. Yeah, maybe that would be more beneficial to Winnipeg to have an NHL player in the deal. Like Turcotte didn't even have 20 points in the AHL this season. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Get someone who's a bit more NHL ready. Maybe it's like a Gabe Velarde or something like that. He's yeah, maybe three. something like that. But you probably want someone younger than 23 as well, right? Like, the reason I use Turcotte is like, if you're trying to just retool and be good again in two years of your Winnipeg, get guys who are 19, 20, 21, have a year of pro under their belt, and who you can be like, okay, we're getting ready to toss this guy into the lineup right away. You know, I think that's got to yeah. be their approach. But the armchair GM in me gets, I'm like fascinated at like, what kind of future assets could they get if they spend, if they get rid of all four of those guys? 
Like Shifley and Wheeler, if, oh, you, man. if you keep they half- should they really they really oh. should just rebuild. But keep Ehlers, Connor, yeah. and Morrissey. Morrissey. Well, they got to. And then, yeah. and then, but like, yeah, like they all have value. They'll probably have to retain on Wheeler, but Wheeler has value. Wheeler at 50% retained gets you a first round pick. Easily. Yeah, exactly. Shifley gets you a first straight up. Easily. Hellebuck Hellebuck gets, gets you, you three everything. Assets. I think a, a decent comparable to it would be St. Louis. No, from this past season. Yeah, in a way, they got rid of Tarasenko. They got rid of um, O'Reilly. O'Reilly. Got three picks in the first round. Yeah, yeah. They're, just, they're focusing on a new core. Yeah, so now they've got Cairo, Robert Thomas. The other thing too is like a match. I think 20. you need ownership to like if you're if you're shovel day off to really buy in with you. You need to be able to go well, to the shovel day off's got to like put his big boy pants on. Actually, be bold for once. I know, I know. But what I'm saying is like okay. shovel day off. Hey. <laughs> You have the opportunity with kind of the way your cap structure is right now to keep half of Shifley and maximize the return, to keep half of Wheeler, to take a bad contract back, to get an extra asset. Like if you can do that, take some bad deals from teams and load up even more. But you risk on the next deal of any, I can't remember how much time term Ehlers has or Connor has. But I think they both have two years. So like you have a risk of them walking at the end of that if you're if they're still like full blown rebuild. Yeah, Ehlers has two more. Connor has three more. But it's so hard to rebuild in the fly when they don't have. Like, I don't think if you, especially when you lose Hellebuck, I don't think they have enough to rebuild on the fly. Yeah, Connor. Yeah, Ehlers. Yeah, Pionk ish. And, and Morrissey. Morrissey but, Morrissey's like offensive. Yeah. Brad Lambert, Chaz Lucius, Cole Perfetti, three decent forwards in their system yeah, already. Yeah, that's. Billy Hanola, decent forward in the system. And again, like we had the idea of trading Dubois. Montreal and going and getting Jordan Harris back, right? Oh, yeah. They have to trade Dubois. Add a young forward in, or add a young D-man into that top four. And all of a sudden, it's like, okay, there's a good piece we can build around. Next, Dubois for Cole Caulfield. You know what their projected cap space is for next summer? That's like actually legit. They have $51 million in projected cap space next summer. <laughs> I don't know. Wow. Do you know one player? They have like no one under contract. <laughs> Got some work to do. Adam yeah, Lowry's no good, kidding. right? He wouldn't what? resign. Adam Lowry's a good player. Oh, I love it. Oh, he's 30, the, though. You're probably looking to move still that guy, want too. Him. Still want him. Want I, him right if now. I was the Oilers, looking at my base. I might intri- I'd be intrigued. What's he make right now? 3.225. 3. You get, hey, so, if you get um, the, to retain 4%, Fogel Fogel for Lowry? Sure. Get him a younger guy? Yeah. Is his What's dad still a coach, sir? Yeah, and also break up that weird nepotism. Yeah. That is odd. This is just like when we had Will and Keith Acton. Too many Actons. <laughs> yeah, too many Actons in the kitchen. One is too many. It's part of the reason, yeah, <laughs> that's part of the reason the decadent darkness dragged on for so long. Uh, let's get to our player grade for today. Brought to you by UFC 289, returning to Canada for the first time in almost four years, Nunez versus Aldana. Mm. Woo-wee! What a matchup. Liam, talk to me about the UFC. <laughs> the UFC is a... It stands for Mixed Martial Arts, Tyler. No, it stands no. for Ultimate Fighter Championship. It's actually it short for... Uh... <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Reboot. Reboot. Yeah, Where's throw, the 20 seconds? Were you being serious? I, well, yeah, I was. But that's MMA. UFC. It's the best it of It came MMA. out of your mouth. UFC stands. <laughs> I thought it was a joke. It was serious, which actually uh. makes it more funny. Yeah, now it's real. Okay, you the said sec- you you said you had UFC stuff you wanted to talk about today on the show. Yeah, yes. The talking about the origin story of what it actually stands for. He had a big nugget of information he wanted to share. He's educating. You you just haven't mentioned the other fight on the card. Okay, that's on this big poster, and I don't know how to say his name. Oliviera. Do you know that one? Oliviera. 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 Right. Charles. He is an. Aaron, you might know this a little more than I do, but apparently, not apparently, I'm really butchering this whole thing. Wow. It's not going He has just been a guy that has to like overcome so much, like he just lost and lost and lost, and now he's just on this run, and he is I might have to fact check that fighter. based on the run you're on. I know, he's probably undefeated in his last 20. <laughs> he has okay. recently been pretty good. So I so would you, lo- that's, it's just, I'm just saying it's a good card, especially on that post. So it's not just Nunez versus Adana. It's not just the six Canadians on the card. Mm-hmm. You're intrigued by Oliviera and Derouche. Yes. All right. Giddy up. Well, that's why they're on the poster. Of course, you should be intrigued. January 10th at Rogers Arena, January 10th, pay-per-view event. Mm-hmm. Nothing better than buying a fight with the crew. 
saddling up with some brewskis. Oh, and it's summer. Watch summer. it on the patio. Oh, now you're talking my language. Do you ever do you watch UFC a lot, Jay? Do you have a favorite UFC fighter or moment? Oh, moment. Well, the most memorable moment is Anderson Silva's leg. Oh, yes. That that, that was, was that horrible. was shocking. Um you know, I I I I'm I'm like a fair weather UFC guy. Mm. Like I like watching it. I just don't like it so involved. But like when it's the, obviously well, all their events are big. But like if I always get a chance to, if my like one of my buddies rents the fights, I go over and I watch the fights. All right, there you go. Our player card for today is Warren Fogel, number thirty-seven. And uh, here's the grades I slapped on Fog Daddy. Regular season, hey, the guy scored thirteen goals. That's he actually finished strong. Finished very strong. Thirteen goals in sixty-seven games, like. He was getting somewhat mm. close to a 20 goal pace here. Well, guys. technically, like the, the whole like ARP case is $100,000 a point. So we did get our value. But for some reason, I expect him to be a 40 point guy. Yeah. I gave him a B minus for the regular season. The inconsistencies drop it down. But if you would have told me start of the year, Fogel's going to play in 67 games and score you 13 goals, we would have taken it. We wouldn't have been like, wow, crazy good year. But it would have been like, okay expected production yep. that gets him a B minus he scored twice in the playoffs. And I thought the playoff run, and this does creep back to the last month or so of the regular season too, but the playoff run was the most engaged. I saw him as an oiler physically for checking all that stuff. He only scored twice, but it was of, a factor when he mm-hmm. wasn't scoring that got him up to a B plus for me. Big goal too. the second one. He yep. had in game six. Um, yeah. I tried to guess your grades before you make these posters. Send me the results. I had a B for Vogel in the regular season. Just it was a career high in goals for him. I mean, good production from the third line you said. So B plus. I my chance of returning now was sixty percent. You're a lot lower than me. I'm at eighty five. We we just talk, spoke about the money, and I think if you can get him gone for and bring in two guys in the bottom six for the same value, like I think that's what the others would rather do. I think he will be here ultimately, but. Yeah, maybe we'll meet in the middle and call it 70. He just strikes me as a guy in a contract year that's popping home 20. And I want yeah. I want to see that through. Well, it'll be interesting to see what his last 10 games, if that extrapolates to an 80-game season, it probably is a 20-goal season. Yeah, it borderline was anyway. So we want that. But I, I agree with the grades you have, Tyler. Uh, percentage of returning, I just can't assign one. I just... If you can turn that money into something that actually makes the team better than keeping him, then you've got to do it. Yeah. Uh, And and that's like the most obvious statement ever said in the history of hockey GMing. Yeah. I also think, you know, the list of teams that'll want to pick up the full year of Warren Fogle probably isn't that long. But there's like like that, like that recency bias you can look at and be like, this is, this is what you can get from this guy. Yep. And the fact that it is a contract, like there's a, there's a, there's a narrative there. Yeah. I also think, you know, he's young. This is another one, almost similar to CC where I think you can keep him, And then if thing, if, if there's someone you love on the trade market at the next deadline, he's such an easy throw in piece, right? Another team would probably sit there and go, yeah, we'll test drive him for two months. Yeah, that's probably fair. I, I'm 100% in on Fogel being here next season. I just wonder if the team is yeah. too. 85% was my chance of returning. For me, I just, I've kind of had this shift where, you know, a week ago, I was kind of like, okay, you're going to move Yamo, you're going to move CC, you might even move Fogel, and then you're going to go sign Mayfield and Connor Brown, and you're going to do things this offseason and really mix it up. And now I'm honestly sitting here being like, I think you're running it back maybe a forward ad and you're doing, you're making your moves at the deadline. Again, you're making in season moves. I just, you're going to run hall away. See if he's maybe improved. You're going to give Lavoie a look, see if he's improved. Yeah. Like Noah Philp can maybe come up. Maybe he's improved. Yeah. Yeah. And I just think you're running it back with the same crew and it's not sexy. I understand people are not going to love that at all. What's our goaltending matrix next year? It's the same thing. You're running that back too. You're not buying out Campbell. No, no, I know. But like, is it 80% stew or are they going to go 50, 50? It's open. It's an open competition, which yeah, is great. Yeah, I think Campbell might play around the same he played this year. We spoke about that yesterday. Yeah. yeah. So I just think maybe you know, less. A Campbell Results bounce have. back. A few other things. Your power play still going to be good. Full year of at home. You can. You can honestly justify running back the same roster next year. It's lame, yeah. and people, if Waz puts us on TikTok, are going to be like, "Well, oh, of course, typical Oilers guy." Blah blah blah. But like, the team almost won the West, man. 
They were a good regular season team. And that's with half a season of Ekholm, half a season of Evander Kane. Yeah, Jack but we had Campbell them in the playoffs. So we can tell what like, we had those guys in the playoffs. We ran out of gas because yep. of how we deployed our lineup. So worry so. about getting your lineup and roster playoff ready leading up to the deadline. I, 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 can, I can subscribe to that. Yeah. I can be patient. We almost went an hour today, so we should probably wrap this back up. Yeah, all up. that John Gibson talk. Jesus. Yeah, yeah sorry. really direct. Um, when we upload the podcast, just cut out the 13 minutes of Austin Matthews, and then <laughs> the rest of the show will make a lot more sense. I'll just put that on Leafs Nation. <laughs> Shout out to uh, Sports Closet, coming to you live from the Sports Closet studio every weekday leading up to the NHL draft and through free agency. Our giant offseason question for Sherwood Ford the Giant. I got to get an oil change this weekend. Frank Zervalli for Star Mechanical. UFC 289 coming eight days from now on pay-per-view from Vancouver. The trade machine for AMA Travel. And finally, Betway. Game one of the Stanley Cup Finals goes tomorrow. I'm going Panthers in seven at plus 500 on Betway. What are you taking in this series? Well, I, I want to manifest something. I want to manifest uh, Florida in five. Woo! Spice! So I will bet. Mm. Maybe I'll go with, I got to find out the odds, but you can do those spread on the series, right? Yeah. I might do Florida minus one and a half. So Florida in six yeah. or sooner is your yeah, pick. That'd be my pick. Interesting. This is a Panthers Nation podcast, though. We have established that. We are yeah. not at I'm all. A, I'm a soured Oilers fan, and I want I want Vegas to burn. Mm-hmm. That's why I want my turtle shirt today in Here's honor of Matthew Kachuk. I, I, I yeah. like that low key support. Florida to win in five plus 750. Florida to win in seven plus 550. Your prediction is Florida in six? Yes. Florida in six plus 450. So there you go. All your odds up at Betway 19 plus. Please play responsibly. Should be a beautiful weekend in Edmonton. Enjoy it. Enjoy game one of the Stanley Cup final. And you know what? We'll be right back here in the same spot on Monday at noon Mountain Time. Chat with you then. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.